This podcast was created by Anchor. Nope. This podcast was created using Anchor. That's it! Yay! (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to The Swirl with Bree and Dave. I'm Dave. And I'm Bree. And this is The Swirl with with Bree and Dave. Dave. We're still working on the whole how we start thing. It's good. Hi, babe. Hi, babe. It's Friday afternoon as we record this. It's Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're living our lives, our big black lives. Living our lives in this pandemic. Yes. Living our lives in this pandemic. Oh, yeah. Don't turn the input down. I had to because we got a little bit of feedback. No, no, no. I can just back up. Yeah. That's what I do. You know what I mean? So we don't hamburger. I'm going to have to. I got a hamburger there, babe. I got a little hamper, a little, a little clipping, a little bit of, uh, we're just, we're just too much for any one microphone. You know what I learned about editing podcasts? Tell me. Is that, cause I did, okay, so as you all know, I did this reading. Oh yeah. And I had to learn GarageBand and I've never even opened that app before. Um, so I got on GarageBand and you had to learn how to input tracks and how to, lay your own vocal on top and then occasionally more than more often than not i would hate my vocal so i would do it over and over and over again so i learned how to like delete and and put in new ones and split them and whatever so now i know how to edit the podcast so last week i got to try editing michael's segment which was really really fun but what i learned Thank you, babe. What I learned is in podcasts, you should really try not to talk over each other mm. because it makes it very difficult to edit later. Mm-hmm. Um, also, laughing is discouraged, mm. which mm-hmm. is a real problem for me. Also, you should try to end each thing and then like have a, a moment. Okay. And then you start again so that it's easy to edit. and You can find that moment and like silence on either side of it. These are things I'm learning, wow. everyone. So wait, so I shouldn't talk over you, and I shouldn't laugh really loud, and I should leave room for you to edit. Yes. <laughs> should you? What? What did you? Stop, stop it. it. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll kill you. I'll kill you dead. Wait, I also laughed. I laughed too, which is another no-no. No, so. see, this is a cute segment, so we'll keep pieces of it. <laughs> It's so cute. It's cute. But anyway, that's what I learned last week when David relinquished a little bit of the responsibility to me. And I got to edit and I saved him an hour. And I could do more. I could do more. We also have some requests for people to be on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, And we just... Well, we're not going to spoil anything. No. We're not going to talk about it. We're just going to say that... Everybody wants to be on it, and you know, some of you will make the journey, and some of you won't. Wow, you you you've got you've got some some swag there, babe. Well, you know. So we've been watching a show this week on the Netflix box. Oh yes! Oh, we do have to talk about that. So let's talk about that now. There's this show. On the Netflix box, and it's called <laughs> Go Babe. The Indian Matchmaker. Yeah. Woo woo! So there's a show on the Netflix called um, Indian Matchmaking, and 
Indian we, matchmaking. Okay, and yes. we and we love it. Now it ended kind of it was great and you were following these um, this matchmaker and she's she's got some women and some men and you know some of them you are they're great characters and you kind of fall in love with them and you're really rooting for them and then after about seven or eight episodes it all kind of starts coming t- like to an end but it doesn't mm-hmm. so that's our we, we loved the show but we were just hoping that there would be some more wrapping up uh, at least following up in some of these characters that get very well established in the early episodes and they kind of get yeah we never get any closure with them unfortunately and we really not with any of them actually no no i mean some of them the closure is like the girl at the end her closure was she didn't choose any man she chose her career right and you know that she would be patient and not use the matchmaker what was her name Oof. A lot of Indian names, babe. We're not good with the Indian <laughs> we, names. We're not. Oh, uh, however, really not. I'm good with. And I want to be better. Um, um, uh, uh, never. Oh kinda, yeah, that one never left us. That one never. Left, he, he but was, he kind of he kind of petered out. Anyway, yeah, we don't know what you guys, happened. Even in spite of how things sort of peter out, it's absolutely worth your time. Go in and watch it. But here was the conversation that we were having while we were watching Indian matchmaking. Mm. The mm. the main the the main matchmaker lady, she and I'm gonna babe I'm gonna try to accomplish this without doing my Indian accent. How do you feel about that? I feel great about it. Okay, good. Um, she has this theme when she's speaking to her clients, which is you know in a marriage, a marriage is about compromise, and she's always talking about compromise. Um, how you have to. Um, there'll be something now in now in her from my perspective at least in her uh, assessment of what compromise means it generally is always about the woman having to compromise <laughs> exactly whatever her needs are to the man <laughs> so that everybody can get along and they can have a happy marriage yeah now in my experience the phrase happy wife happy life really is what applies um, yeah, but we, we talked about this because you, you thought it came with a really negative connotation, which compromise, I, I can see why you'd use the word, but I also can see why it's not helpful in this situation because culturally, the only one compromising is the woman. However, I think what she's trying to say and what we relate to is this idea that marriage works when you try to outgive each other and, and one-up each other as far as love and kindness and you know just like giving to that person so that was the that was the theme i wanted because i know like you know um we want to talk about we want to talk about everything but we want to talk about our relationship too Mm -hmm. and i do think that this was some this was a theme the theme of outgiving or overgiving um and i will i have to give credit where it's due for this because the 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 happiest most long-term married couple that I ever witnessed, of course, not my parents. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was my writing partner, John, and his husband, Efren. And they were together pretty much from the beginning of, uh, uh, That's interesting. Yeah. They've only been married like seven years, but, but they were, to, they had been together. They've been, yeah. yeah. They've been together since I met them, which was back in like 1990 or around mm-hmm. there, 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I always looked to them as sort of a, uh, you know, kind of like, well, they were the only really successful couple I knew for a very long time, even before they got married, and they finally did. Um, and I asked John, um, after I met you, um, what was his secret? 
because I knew, I, I either knew we were going to get married or I wanted to marry you. Mm-hmm. So I asked him what his secret was, and he told me, um, if both of you are always conscious of outgiving the other one, overgiving the other one, then you can never lose. Um, and did and that really happen? That is, act, he's literally said those words to me. Okay, because I thought that I thought that <laughs> I told you that because Gina Milo told me that. Oh. Gina has always told me that. That's how her and Ken do so well so another see but I think that's just that's in the but stars but you know but you know what I was the only person I thought that my mother t- said or had a mother that said um, if you should find a man who loves you more like who who overgives and who loves you more than you love them that's what my mother said and I and then I, <laughs> I would talk to other women they'd be like my mom told me that too <laughs> but I think that has to do with moms putting their own experience on you because I know for my mother like she was in a relationship where she felt she was in several relationships where she felt like she was the one giving to all the work in it doing all the work and so of course her instinct was to tell me to do the opposite so that I wouldn't have to do anything and that's completely wrong because we both need to always be ideally giving 50% and meeting in the middle, right? But there are a lot of times where one can't. Yeah. And so you have to make up for the other and know that the time will come when you won't and the other person will make up. You know what I mean? So to the extent that there's work involved, which I think is always another thing I always find very interesting and people say a good relationship takes a lot of work. And look, I mean, granted, we're only, what, four years, four and a half years into our relationship and only a year into our marriage. So I grant you, these are the golden years. But what I will say is when I hear people say relationships take a lot of work, I always, I always, I imagine what they mean by that is that there's a lot of conflict you're always working through. And I don't think there's a lot of conflict that you need to be working through. If you're finding yourself constantly in conflict, I think that's probably a, a warning sign. Yeah. When I think of work, though, it doesn't mean that there's necessarily conflict, but it means that there's constant uh, communication. And and that means sometimes you have to deal with conflict. And sometimes there is no conflict. You just have to work through people's conflicts in themselves, right? Like, Well, the conflict within myself, then, in terms of connecting it to being successful by outgiving or overgiving is that moment when I realize that you're going to be up and it would really make you happier if the dishwasher had been cleared out and, and all the dishes had been put away. And I don't feel like doing it. But you know what? Oh, sure. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here on my ass and watch another segment of Morning Joe. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do that. So that when you get up and you start putting dishes away, you're going to go, oh, Look, he put the dishes away, and that really... That is really nice. So those things, they're small, but I think they matter. And to me, that's the work. That is the work. That's the work. Like, constantly come, going outside of yourself and your desires to kind of go, okay, but what would this person like? And maybe I can do something that will affect their whole day, will, like, start their day better, you know? So, uh, the, I don't know. Now I'm trying to think of the things I do like you that. You do that I hope all I do that. the time. You do that, mm, I mean, just, I just, <laughs> you're, you're fantastic with that. I mean, that whole, I mean, first of all, you're really very proactive about that when you're in terms of just being in the kitchen and I hate to say that that way, but you know, it's like, you'll, you'll just make dinner. Um, well, yes, but that's because I want to take care of you 
um, health-wise. So if I can make dinner rather than us eating out and possibly eating bad choices, I think, you know, I'd like to do that more. So like I'm thinking of the big picture. It's like, okay, we're going to save money and I'm also going to take care of my husband but and myself. Thing, but here's what I'll say. Every time I look over at you and you've got, you know, you've got your head in your iPad or whatever, here's what I've come to understand. How dare you? Um, <laughs> that whatever's going on in there is is nine times out of ten, it's you are investigating something in there that is designed to make our lives better. Whether it's... Just like just now. <laughs> like just now. When Dave... Okay, so David hasn't been feeling that great for the last four or five days. He's had a incessant headache and so... And, and very Don't worry, listeners. No, he fine. doesn't have COVID, okay? No, everyone's fine. Um, but he does have a little bit of congestion. Anyway, um, so I was like, okay, well, I have to deal with this. And he's like, well, let's do the podcast. And I said, okay, just give me five minutes. And I wasn't preparing for the podcast. I was sitting here Googling, like, what kind of headaches, he- ugh, headaches he's having so that I can find out how to treat them. And then I'm trying to do, like, Eastern medicine, Ayurvedic treatment, how I can, what things I can put in his food, what spices I can put in his food, what supplements I can have him take so that... You know, I can hit it from all different angles so that he's not just popping Advil all day. Um, and so at, at, at 10 minutes later, at some point, he was like, um, are you ready to do the podcast? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just looking up your stuff for your headache, okay? No, I just I, I said, what are, you, what are you doing there? Because you have these other things you were going to do. I am checking on your headache. I'm checking on your headache. I'm always doing that. And I'm always researching ways I can make Obi's life better, our doggy. Um, yes, because if Obi's life is better, our lives are better. It's very true. It's if she's so not true. well, I am completely unhinged. On top of which, she's peeing all over the carpet all the time. And, and then that, he's complaining. And that makes our lives much, <laughs> much harder. So, but, And just FYI, Obi's doing really, really well. She's gotten started on an incontinence medication yeah, yeah. that is hormone-based, estrogen-based. And her life has changed, okay? She's a little needy, but she's good. She's always been a little needy. <laughs> I'm not going to comment further on that. And but not, <laughs> not, it's not, not over. Not, not, the, not the end of the podcast. So that's my that was my theme just about 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 out giving each other. I love that. that was my theme. Next week we'll talk about my other theme about relationships, which is the inner dialogue. We will talk about mm. the inner dialogue, which I always talk about. Which people ask me questions about. Yes, I'm just I love gonna, that. I'm you gonna, don't want to talk about that now. This I'm going to be a relationship episode. I'm going to te- well, they're all relationship episodes, really. No, but we can help people be better. You want me to talk about the inner dialogue right now? I mean, I think we might save a lot of people in this pandemic. Okay. Well, (laughs) outgiving is very helpful in a pandemic. But at all times. At all times. Especially especially in a pandemic. Yeah. But here's here's when, when people when people come to me or when we end up in a conversation. No one comes to me. But we we end up in a conversation about about relationships or our relationship. And I always kind of, it always comes down to this for me, especially in the early stages of a relationship. But I suppose it really counts whenever they are. Mm-hmm. If you are constantly in an inner dialogue where you are questioning the relationship and you are questioning whether you want to be here and you're, this is, these are problems. And you're questioning your worth. Whatever the inner dialogue is, is is what is going to manifest itself on the outside so when i look at brianna 
I will be conscious of the fact at a certain point that my inner dialogue is, oh my God, I can't believe this. I'm so in love with this woman. She's so amazing. I can't believe she chose me. I'm the luckiest man in the world. Those are generally, that's generally the undercurrent that's that's the the underpinning of babe you're in your phone right now sorry so what <laughs> problem are you solving and how are you making our lives better because I, I know at, you are no 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 i wasn't i was actually <laughs> like totally distracted wow sorry. what one theme about this because i know this <laughs> yeah, you, i know all this <laughs> one thing about this podcast is whenever i'm trying to say something sweet to my wife <laughs> She's essentially looking off to the side of something else, which is which is adorable. Go ahead, babe. The inner dialogue. So just pay attention to your inner dialogue. I think it's 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 really it's important. And if the inner dialogue starts to shift to a constant um, underpinning and, and a constant rumbling of discontent, it's time to bring that inner dialogue out into the open. Um, mm-hmm. bring or it out, justification. Bring it out into your relationship. Bring it out with your therapist. That because because ignoring it and stuffing it down, or trying to talk yourself out in your inner dialogue. If you're at war with yourself in your inner dialogue, it needs to come out. Um, that didn't take too long. That's the that's the essential, um, you know, observation that I have about uh, about that. Because I spent a lot of years trying to talk myself into relationships that I really really didn't want to be in for whatever reason mm. or another. Yes, I and I agree. Well, thanks, babe. No, I just, I mean, I agree with everything you said, and I also agree with that experience. I think we all do that, right? We just, like, try to make things fit when they don't, you know? Because it seems comfortable, it seems like what everyone else is doing, and uh, and a lot of people are. A lot of people are making things work that, that don't. That The expression, we want to make this work, I'm like, mm. ooh. Yeah, because no, I don't know. For me and David, is things are pretty, like we're just we communicate. We're both very direct people, and we communicate with each other constantly. Um, so we don't really have those things that you stuff down, red flags that you don't talk about. Like we don't have those. Per- we we've maybe had one in the whole time we've been together. But I. Uh... But this is a new experience for me in my life. Like, I, I have been a person who's stuffed down mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings and my inner dialogue because I, I've been scared to say anything that might jeopardize the relationship, you know, anything that might, um, you know, because I'm a, I, I was raised to be a people pleaser. So those kinds of issues really have to get... They have to get worked on. You have yes. To really... And it, what does it all boil down to? Self-worth, right? Like you I have to know right. that you're worthy of a better relationship. And getting what you want and being happy. Yeah. And being healthy. And... But a lot of times, I mean, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, in terms of just how my childhood shook out, I didn't even know how to be happy, what happiness was, how it felt, whether I was happy or not. So the self-worth part has to go hand in hand with the self-awareness part. I did not grow up like that. Yeah. No, I (laughs) I mean I think that's cultural as well. Like, I mean, and not to say all black. That's interesting. Tell me how that's cultural. Yay! It's the swirl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you grew up in a Jewish family, which is known to be very, you know, guilt-ridden and and uh, what what else? Like, 
Well, we're very up inside our heads. Yes. We're really, really yes. up inside our heads. We're, 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 we're questioning ourselves. We're questioning. And, we, and there is a there is a self-deprecation. Ooh, this is going to connect very nicely to my call-out call-in later. But it's, it's very much connected to our sense of, of worthiness. And, and uh, you know, and, and as Jews, you know, we were kind of taught, we're always kind of taught, don't tempt the evil eye. Don't be too boastful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know don't, don't think too much of yourself. Like, that's the worst thing you can do. And, like, culturally for black folks, that's literally how we survive. Right. So oh, that's so interesting. To me, like, you have to gas yourself up and your yes. people up. Uh, otherwise, like, y- you won't make it. This is so interesting because I remember when, you know, I, I came of age when hip-hop was coming of age. Tell us more. And I remember being gagged by how much of hip-hop was about, as you say, gassing yourself up, like an entire song. It'd be the first song you'd ever heard by this person, and they were talking about how amazing they were mm-hmm. at doing what they... <laughs> and, and and I would always think, based on what exactly? <laughs> you, you basically, that's your content, is how great you are. Do something great, and then like let 20 years go by, and then you can write this song about how great you are. And that's such an interesting perspective that actually what's behind that is just I need to do this to survive well and it's also that- if you're there if you're giving if you're doing videos and and have number one songs out that means you've you've made it you've already gotten past right the 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 uh, stuff that we are born with like your ancestors have made it so that you are alive and you're thriving and you're well and you're sharing your talent and you're you're able so like you're pretty great yeah because you have you you considering actually, where we come from yeah. you know and what you'd already have to have overcome by the time but by the time you're there you're yeah. in a studio especially in the 90s you know it's not like it is now in the 90s uh, there, you had to actually spend a lot of money in it the, cost for thousands the studio. of dollars to be in a studio oh, with well, an it still engineer does. and to have equipment and it's yeah but it's different now because you can do a lot of it at it's home it's so right? democratized mm-hmm. 20 years ago we wouldn't have been able to be in our apartment in New York City doing a podcast doing a podcast we'd have to go to a studio and have a mic set up and have an engineer and there'd be an editor and they might be two different people and they both have to get paid and mm-hmm. you have to pay for all of the equipment so I do understand so true I do understand that part of it but I think the cultural part of it is actually really fascinating that that uh, you know what I as a as a Jew in that in that era you know my my um, association with survival was so linked to you know the Holocaust and to you know surviving you know, which is so interesting million. to me when you talk about this because you weren't obviously in the Holocaust no but you feel that. Well, it's carried down in the stories, and it's carried down in the DNA. It absolutely exactly, is, is and it, you know, people say that about black people. They're like, "Well, you didn't, you weren't, you didn't experience slavery," and it's like it's in our DNA. The fear, the anger, the that that awful feeling of being a possession and being treated like a dog, like and, and raped and whatever. That is unfortunately, it's in my DNA, and. The fact that we can actually get up out of bed and and get through days and be successful is should be celebrated at all times. Not to say that uh, white people shouldn't celebrate it too, but the the history is very different, and we just have not been handed anything. So I don't know. For me, going back to my family and how we, well, how I grew up, 
it was my mom was a single mother and she was I watched her really thrive um she figured out a way to raise us she figured out a way to get through congestive heart failure and two heart transplants to be able to be around and give us opportunity and she learned of course like my brother's eight years older than me and she learned after that and so there were even more things implemented for me to thrive in and be successful and so when i think about that i, I mean i just saw this woman who was so strong and then also so funny and graceful and like she just made it look easy most of the time so i of course like i just took that in as something i would do too like I needed to be as cool as my mother. And my mother was the cool mom who like let you have beer on <laughs> July 4th as long as you had it on the deck at our house. Mm-hmm. But like, and, and was cool and would like, people would just go to our house and just want to hang out with my mom. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well I'll be home at like five. And they'd be like, okay, well we'll just be here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I just took that in and I, I thought that's how everyone was, really. Well, I mean, this is why black excellence is a real thing. You know, it's it's it really is. It is honed on the whetstone of, of you know oppression and, and difficulties. Yeah. You know, of, of systemic difficulties. I mean, in in, in the case of Jewish people, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, obviously I can't speak for all Jewish people, but they're no, no, do <laughs> thanks. If I have to, you do. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's this, and I know this is shared. There's this feeling of inherent injustice in this idea that we too in that era and throughout history really since you know since since we've been called christ killers um you know we are we are treated as second class citizens or subhuman in some way you know likened to rats and um you know vermin um that's the justification for our extermination and yet we also understand that we're the we are the people who you know uh, we, 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 we gave you Einstein, we gave you Hollywood, sure. yeah. we gave you science, we gave you art, we gave you music, we gave you Heifetz, we gave you Bernstein, we gave you Sondheim, we, you know, and, and we understand that and there's, and it's always been the way it is, but it's that, but there, are, there is that, you know, in, in, in any oppressed, you know, mm-hmm. any, any oppressed people that, 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 uh, you know, excellence is, 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 uh, is honed on the whetstone of oppression. Um, and uh, I think I just made that up, but I like it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Excellence is honed on the whetstone of oppression. They, well, episode title, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so, but just going back to just how we work in our marriage, and that I love that we uncovered that that idea of of knowing that you're worthy of. The, a partner and you're worthy of a partner mm. who listens to you and is there for you and shows up and dotes on you and challenges you and pushes you forward and you know h- helps you to lean into being a better person like you're worthy of those things so don't s- get in your own way you know I, I also I want to also talk about just not to not to leave this too quickly I think that the you know the histories of these of our people your mm-hmm. people and my people you know in a way i think it's if there was an advantage to when this happened for for you know the holocaust in terms of jews and the era of slavery and slave people in terms of 
people who are brought here from Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, one advantage is that not only is it it's more recent history for us, this part of it, but also it all was documented. Um, it was published. It was filmed. Yeah. You know, we. I mean, if if you know, if anyone ever tries to tell you that the Holocaust was, uh, you know, a, a, a hoax Oof. like COVID nineteen, um, there is a treasure trove. I mean, I when I did when I did my show about this in London, you know, the the the, my, the writer and I were just. Uh, you know, we were inund- we inundated ourselves in this stuff. Uh, you you could there's you could spend the rest of your life and not see it all, um, not see it all. Get it? Not see. Oh, you're welcome. No, too soon. Um, Episode title? Uh, <laughs> I don't nope, think that's nope. it either. Okay, <laughs> to work to work on that. Um, and 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 we have done such an efficient job. And by we now, I mean white America at erasing the history of, mm. of black people and and, and African Americans. So like we we know we as Jews we're very we're very um, aware because it's already in the ether about what Jews have accomplished but so much for black people I believe has been erased you have to really dig for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know I mean if, for the actual history of what black people actually accomplished given especially what they were up against yeah. um, and so you know we need to we need to always be when when all of this trauma is behind us and it will be we need to really go back and look about how we're trained and how we're educated and what we what we learn um you know, yes. and we choose like to ignore. why when when hidden figures came out why did I never Correct. know those women why right and why not just when, me because I'm black like everyone should know I mean why when um, when Watchmen came out did we look at each other and go I think that's based on a real thing you know and we had to look it up you know yeah. like that needs to be taught in schools absolutely yeah. needs to be taught in schools you know Black Wall Street um, and then I think that will make all of us better fucking people right amen and isn't that the idea yes we'll be right back okay babe so we're back oh we're back and that means it's time for this week in gaggery (laughs) yes babe sound effects all right, let's get through this quick, babe, because we've gone on a long time about really deep and powerful issues. Oh, people love it. All okay. Right. What's your This Week in Gaggery, babe? Do you have one? So, speaking of black excellence, yeah. this week, at, actually this morning at 3 a.m. Okay, let's talk about it. The drop happened. Bam! Our favorite uh, legend, living legend. The queen. The queen, B, has released on Disney+. Plus. Black is King, which is the companion visual album to the Lion King movie uh, live action that came out last year. Um, So I already know all the songs, of course, but um, I'm loving, we've only watched the first about 35 minutes, but I, and I also watched a video that was in her link on Instagram, but anyway, um, it is amazing. It is full of the most incredible, like, imagery it's so rich and colorful and sort of documenting a i think this real little black boy's journey in you know in africa um and it's paralleling it to semba right so right so we get to see him you know 
I'm not even going to really go into depth about it. There's because James Earl Jones doing some Mufasa quotes from Lion King, but mostly it's it's her incredible imagery. It's yeah, it's her, her incredible imagery. It's these outfits. It's 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 interesting, and I don't want to say too much about it because we've only watched 35 minutes. Um, I have my thoughts, and of course, I'm going to compare it to Lemonade. Of course, well, that's what I thought. It was very, it was very Lemonade in a really good way. Like the things that are that are so arresting about Lemonade are, are kind of the same aesthetic she's bringing to this, and it's really she's unbelievably impressive. I want to start seeing. I want someone to give her a narrative. Yeah, because like for me to really judge someone as a director, for me, it's all about everything is always about the story and how you tell. The story. Isn't the narrative Lion King? Um, except that she's diverging from it considerably. Exactly. And, and, and right in a way now that it's is, a lot. And in a way that's not anti-narrative, but narrative is not the point. Really the point right. is, you know, the, the songs and, and, the, and the imagery and the visuals and, and how she shoots it and everything, which is absolutely stunning. So Yeah, I mean, for me, Lemonade was always rooted in this narrative of we were finding out about her we were finding about out about how she dealt with infidelity in her relationship yeah, and the different stages theme. yeah and, and so theme. The th- and, and, and I and I, I would just like to see that theme applied to some story like yes some yes actual story. but it probably is and we're only 35 minutes so we're not gonna say it's not okay, that's true but right now it's very distracting the outfits are everything the very first gown honey should have been a wedding gown for me but I'm just saying give her a script let her let her do... Yeah, I would love that. Let her do, you know, the story of, I don't know, whatever. Deep, she could be DP on a, on a film, for real, real. Well, she could also direct, like, you know, the Nina Simone story, or... Ooh, you know, yes. Or, I mean, we I, have big dreams for her. So that was my This Week in Gaggery, was this visual album drop, which you can check out on Disney+. Plus. All right, babe, that's yours. Mine, I'm going to get a little political this week on my This Week in Gaggery. No. Yeah. We're all talking about... This tweet, that Tweety Pig, that is, I did not violate the, yes. the Holt 45 rule. I got me $45 last week. She really did. It really should have been 90 but I was being nice. You were being really, really nice, and then I edited out the part that where I dropped it again. Oh. I don't think our listeners need to hear that name at all. Never. Let alone more than once. So, um, the, uh, the, the tweet where he um, dropped the notion that maybe he would just postpone the election and everyone freaked out and it was like a big story now it was it was the kind of day that the 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 immediate thought was well he can't postpone the election it is constitutionally mandated it will the in the constitution is hard and fast the election will take place the first tuesday after uh like the first monday in in uh, in november that's gonna happen he can't there's nothing he can do about that without an act of Congress. Mm-hmm. And, and the Congress is, is run at least partly by Nancy Pelosi. She's not going to let the, um, let the election be moved. Yes. Also, if the election got moved, um, if they moved it past January 20th, um, then that is another hard and fast constitutional rule where the end of the presidential and vice presidential term happens at noon. So at noon, Nancy Pelosi would effectively become a president. So they don't, obviously, they're not going to let that happen. Right. And there's all of these machinations that they could try to do, and they all end up, if you keep going down the list of, you know, the absurd possibilities of how you would um, postpone this election, they all end up being, well, then it would be President, um, you know, uh, 
President Leahy of Vermont, who's a Democrat. It would just there's they they can't do it. It's not going. That's not going to happen. What could happen and will happen is he knows that he is the numbers are horrible for him and he can't win um, without cheating and stealing. And they will absolutely do everything they can to cheat and steal the election. So do make sure that you are registered to vote. Go to Vote Save America um, to to see how you can. Um, in your state, there's a way you can click to what your state is, and it will tell you how you need to, um, if you want to absentee vote, if you want to vote by mail in your particular state, um, how you can do that if you don't want to go to the polls. Uh, but make sure you can do it at votesaveamerica.com. Make sure you are registered to vote very easily and very simply. And then if you decide you want to vote by mail, it will tell you how. And, and uh, if you are voting by mail, make sure that you it. get that ballot out uh, at least three two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Okay, but I say just... Because just... because early voting will be starting in your state too. Um, and so if you are voting by mail, October 20th is actually uh, election day. That's the day to get, get it in the, in the post. Uh, because they're also trying to dismantle the post office while this is happening. Uh, they hired for the... Um, Postmaster General, a, a, a two million dollar um, uh, investor into that campaign, into his campaign, um, who has no experience at all with the Postal Service, but has already started cutting back on services. Um, you may have noticed that you're getting your mail uh, less consistently. That's on purpose. Um, so there will be this effort to uh, cut those services back. So get get that ballot in early. Now that's a lead up to my This Week in Gaggery, really, which is also political, but I just want to point this out. A lot of times we'll have the TV on and sometimes it'll be it'll be tuned into the MSNBC, right, babe? Sure. And every once in a while you'll say, I wonder, you'll say this, I wonder how they're reporting about this over on Fox. Oh, I always say that because I always... Uh, you know, MSNBC actually has some really beautiful stories, and I'm like, you can't flip this. You just can't. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't know what they're doing on Fox. You mean you can't spin this? There's like, yeah, how, spin. How are you yeah. going to spin? The economy has had the biggest drop in its gross domestic product in 145 years yeah. this week. How are you going to spin that? Well, we're either not going to report on it, mm-hmm. or... We're going to lie. We're going to lie. So case in point. So this week, a lot of news was going on. And when and when he came out with the tweet about how he wanted to move the election, there was a lot of speculation. Well, he's doing that to distract from and the fill in the blank of this distract from went on and on and on and on. (laughs) It could have been the John Lewis uh, funeral. He certainly could have been distracting from that, which he already, you know, it's it's, it's a disaster that the three former presidents are there. And of right. course, not only is he not there, but nobody actually wants him there, which is, Oof. I mean, a, a travesty. It could be that that very morning we got this economic news that that we are we are so much worse than the Great Depression right now in, in terms of what's coming up with what the drop on the chart alone uh, is we have lost in in five months what it took five years after the 2008 crash to um, to rebound from. Wow. So all of the gains that Obama that Obama got us through from the 2008 crash to the end of his term wiped out in five months. 
um, as of this week. So he wasn't talking about that. It was a distraction from that. Um, was a distraction from the fact that his his old buddy Glenn Maxwell, uh, you know, is is opening up. Uh, all of her uh, her documents and he's got to be in there and he knows it um that wasn't even the main story and i'm actually leaving out about three or four more that it could have been that that were just appalling for him um so i want to take you to yesterday which would be thursday um here here were the top five stories this morning on the MSNBC website. Okay? Ready? Ready. John Lewis's funeral, number one. Trump's tweet, number two. Oh, there's, I'm going to give you the top three. And Louis Gohmert, um, <laughs> who, if you don't know, is the, uh, is the congressman from Texas who uh, is an anti-masker who got COVID, of course, and decided he would tell his his entire staff who he forces to not wear masks that he has COVID but he decided to tell them in person now babe we've been to DC and we've been in those offices they're small very small so if you have like five interns in there babe we're all getting COVID thanks Louie that's really annoying thanks Louie so those were the top three stories on the MSNBC website this morning do you want to know what the top three stories were on the Fox News website please tell us Number one, Trump defends the tweet, the famous tweet, on possible election day delay at heated White House news conference strongly. So he's already, you know, we're we're framing it like he was very strong. Right. Uh, Two, Trump camp pushes back after Biden doubts White House vaccine has vaccine on track. So, you know, the White House is saying, oh, the vaccine is coming and Biden pushed back. That's two. You want to hear three? Yes. Scientists unlock centuries-old secret of Stonehenge. <laughs> I thought I thought you'd appreciate that. This is true. This is actually this was the number three story on Fox yesterday. Hilarious. Also, by the way, it could have been that he was distracting from the fact that it was the um, end of the six hundred dollar unemployment mm-hmm, benefit, mm-hmm. and that the rental and mortgage amnesty was about to end, and the Republicans couldn't get a deal together with the Democrats, who put out a deal two months ago, um, and that everybody was about to lose their homes. Could have been distraction from that. We didn't mention that. Story number four was. Democrats' bid to put limits on U.S. military's recruitment ads falls two to one. Don't really even know what we're talking about there. No, I don't care. And here's the number five story. Beachtown neighbors have Goodfellas star Joe Pesci feeling peeved. Oh, my dear God. (laughs) And that was what was on Fox at the same time as all of this shit was going down. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is this this week... week... In Gaggery! And babe, you know what that means? It's time for... Call! Call out! Call in! Call out! Hey! Call in! Call out! Call in! Call out! Call in! One more time! Call out! Call in! Call in! Call out! Call in! Call back! Call out! That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> Try it again, babe. Wait, wait. Are we doing this? Because you keep changing the key. Do I though? Yes. Or maybe we have a different idea of how the of tune what the goes. song is. Yes, that's call my concern. Call out, call in, call 
I mean, it should be in that chord range. You're right? just, you're just, you're just, you're on, you're on one chord. You love that chord. You're sticking with that chord. Yeah, but when you do it, yeah, you're going. You're, you, you can change the chord, but you're going. <laughs> are you going to a third or a fifth? Let you're me not do, going let me to do my any type of. Here's my version. Then you see if you can hear the um, the harmonics around it. You ready? Mm-hmm. Call out, call in, call out, call in. Call out, call in, call out, call in. Yeah, that's great, but that's not what you do. Yeah. We can listen back to all these episodes. You've never done that. Did you like it, though? Yeah, it's not bad. All right, well, we can, we can try to solidify that next week, live. On mic. What's your call out, call in, babe? My call out, call in is I really don't have one this week. I no? mean. So you're going to call yourself out for not having a call out, call in? Well, I could call you out. Oh, no. But I don't want to. What have I done? Oh, well, we know we had a a light moment this morning, but it's fine. Oh, you mean about about Trader Joe's? Yes, because... About my shopping? The thing is, is that (laughs) David needs to feel some type of control in this pandemic. Is that behind the shopping problem? Yes. And Uh, so what he does is... He go. I already went to Trader Joe's for the week. He begged me to go to Trader Joe's for the week because it gives him anxiety dealing with all the people standing in line. Sometimes there's well, cops the, outside who are annoying. It's the chin safety people. It's, it's the people who aren't wearing. Well, no, you have to wear a mask when you go in. But but no. But when we're in New York City and you're walking around, it's just like the people. It's like when I'm walking Obi. It's just like people. The mask goes over your mouth and your nose. Exactly. So he begged me to go to Trader Joe's and I went two days ago. Did a whole big trip. Spent 170 bucks. Then I come home. All of a sudden he goes to Trader Joe's this morning. He's like well, we're running out of salad stuff. And I'm like oh okay. But then I look in the fridge. This dude got <laughs> yogurt. He got potato chips. He got more salad stuff. Yes. He got more like oh avocados. We already had six avocados that need to be eaten. Well, he they bought need to be six in varying more. degrees of ripeness. More man. bananas. I was just like, wait. And bananas there was some stuff that I forgot. Bananas need to of ripeness. That's I, I learned from Marcy Heisler. Good night, because you don't. We don't eat them that okay. often. All right. So anyway, I chalk this up to David feeling like he needs to be in control of something, which is was an issue at the very beginning of the pandemic he was spending hundreds of dollars at the drugstore and it was just like what's happening and it was his and buying like so many paper towels and so much toilet paper more than we ever could use for the pandemic because i knew the pandemic was going to last two years and you are going to look back at this podcast episode five and you're going to say you were right babe but we can always you know it's like hand sanitizers there's people who bought so much hand sanitizer and yes it was hard to find for like a month and a half and now it's back on the shelves and it's fine You, you you can't get it off the shelves so it's it's like that and i just feel like he was feeling like he wanted to control things, so he bought a lot of stuff we didn't necessarily have space for because we live in a small New York apartment. Yes, we have two beds, two baths, but it's a very small kitchen. We we have almost no counter space, so we had to add an island, and it's, it's just a whole complicated thing. And our fridge is like, um, it's not a college fridge, but it's like somewhere between that and a regular fridge. It's a New York apartment. It's a New York apartment fridge, which really means you should only have like a week's worth of stuff in there. And so when you try to uh, buy, when you try to put 12 avocados in there, it doesn't work out, okay? So I was getting very annoyed this morning, and... What did we do, babe? 
We talked about it. We I talked sulked about for it. a minute, but then I let it go. He sulked because that's what he does. Mm. When I yell at him, he mm. acts like a little boy. Just for like, what, 30 seconds. And no, then I. It was for like 10 minutes. No, no. Well, see there, now. Now it's now it's true. I'm keeping it all the way real. Yeah, my inner dialogue is really changing right now. <laughs> so that's the point. Um, so that's I'm calling you out mm. for feeling like you need to have impulse control buys because you don't. And but I am saying that we have been doing a really good job. The reason why we have to go to the store so much now is because we've been doing a really good job of not eating out. Um, we only do it like once a week. And we were doing it more often when Michael was coming over. We would take turns. Each person would pay for everybody. So we're, we're saving a lot. Our household is saving a lot of money now. And I'm very proud of us. I'm proud of us too. And that's the bottom line. And I will do better. I won't even try to do better, babe. I'll okay. do better. With and I'll just stay the same. Okay, perfect. That's all you have to do. Great. Now, in keeping with the theme of, uh, of, of Jewish people and, and, and guilt and... Um, self-deprecation. This call-out, Colin, is going to circle back to being me calling myself out. Oh, my God. But it didn't start out that way. Oh, my God. It started out with, like, righteous indignation over this Alan Dershowitz um, uh, moment on uh, this show, The Good Fight, which um, I didn't realize until I kind of looked into it. I don't watch The Good Fight, so I don't really know what it is. And everybody knows who Alan Dershowitz is? So Alan Dershowitz is the criminal defense attorney who... um, He's been around for a long time, and he's represented a lot of, you know, a lot of bad people. Uh, among them, Jeffrey Epstein over the years. But that oh. is the job of a critical of a criminal defense attorney. I have a whole musical about it coming out next year, if there ever is a next year or musicals. Uh, <laughs> so I'm very sympathetic to that. I'm less sympathetic to the fact that he was the sort of lone defendant of the president during the impeachment trial last year. Or this year earlier. <laughs> well, you know, this year has it's been going on for 10 years. Um, but uh, this, uh, the news came out that on this show, The Good Fight, that they referred to him as a, uh, their fictional lawyer characters, I suppose, and they referred to him as a shyster. Um, and he's suing them, which I think is a, just a terrible idea. And he's, there's, so there's this article that's come out in Variety about it, and they're talking about, um, this is, you know, defamatory. Dershowitz is uh, suing them, uh, the, 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 this term. So, but in nowhere in this article are they addressing what my offense is, which is that as far as I'm aware, the term shyster is an actually anti-Semitic uh, term. Um, and I've always been really offended by this term shyster, which I know to have come from uh, Shylock and the Merchant of Venice. Who is the, you know, the the the, the Jewish character mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. Uh, whatever? Um, so I started to look into it, and I was really, I was stunned that nowhere did it get mentioned anywhere in Dershowitz's briefing and filing and complaints and public statements about it. Now Dershowitz is on the hook now because he is in the Ep- he's embroiled in the Epstein thing, and he's been called out uh, for probably being involved in all of that in unsavory ways. That's Mm -hmm. the allegation from some circles, not necessarily mine. Um, But when I researched shyster, it turns out, babe, shyster is actually not, the etymology of shyster is not anti-Semitic. 
Now, I'm, I'm, I have never been like a calling out anti-Semitic things, except in this era, I think you have to because, you know, people are getting shot in synagogues and there's Nazi flags every fucking where. Right. It's like we're in a whole different era now. So I think it's appropriate to be really sensitive about these, these things. Um, so it's just struck me that, you know, it's called The Gang Discovers Who Killed Jeffrey Epstein is the name of the episode. Oh. And, um, oh, and then it's Willem Dafoe, and this is the line. I don't really have a good Willem Dafoe, though. Oh. Probably about the time he ditched me for Dershowitz. At least I didn't get a massage like that shyster. And for the purposes of any potential lawsuit, shyster is just my opinion and not a statement of fact. That's my Willem Dafoe. There's not even a Willem Dafoe. Eek. There's nothing um, there about Willem Dafoe. But anyway, Shyster. So you're the one who told me it was, and I haven't used that I to still, refer to your but account. This is interesting. Uh huh. Because it has nothing to do with it. It has to do with. The, it really comes from the German Scheisse, which is actually a word I use, which means shit. Oh. That's how it's thought. That's, that was its origins. And it wasn't really used until about mid 1800s, and it came from Germany. So it didn't. Wow. It did not come from the Merchant of Venice, and that was not necessarily how it was used. So I had to call myself in about that because you know sometimes we think things mean certain things, and then we have to go in and actually, you know, dig yeah. and discover that we were wrong. So I think we're about finished, right? Is that call out, call in? I think that's call out, call Is in. Is that call out, call in, yep. call out, yep. call in, call out? Oh. Call in, go, call out and in. Lovely. Maybe it should just be a solo rather it than definitely should be a solo. <laughs> There's no way I should be involved in any form or fashion. I mean, you could clap. Oh, you could okay. be a hype man, but not you know. Oh, so the hype man thing is okay. Yeah, yeah, and like in between, you're like yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, should we say that for next week? And I'll just like yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you don't just say it like that. No. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't try to appropriate. Be, be, a, be a Jewish Next man. Next thing I know, you'll be wearing dreads. How about or um, how about I just come in wearing a yarmulke and I go, yeah. Oh, I kind of like that. You do? Okay. Yeah, I kind of do. I'll give you that. But it's also a wreck. <laughs> um, so are we finished? I guess. I guess. I'm going to leave the last word of this episode go. to Mr. John Lewis. Let's have it. Uh, I don't know if you all know, but on MSNBC... <laughs> course the channel i watched the most there is there was a wonderful tribute done for him and it was his article in well his letter in the new york times to us that was published on the day of his funeral he actually sent it to them and and instructed them to publish it on the on the day he was buried yes which they did which they did and it was it is beautiful and if you haven't read it you should definitely read it but if you don't want to read it and you want a dramatic reading um his friend was morgan freeman and morgan freeman the voice of god uh read this letter so i'm just going to leave you with the very end of it it was uh, the last segment of uh, the last word with lawrence o'donnell lawrence read the article and knew he wanted morgan freeman to do it so um if you can find it um online to watch it the video package that uh, the staff of the last word with lawrence o'donnell put together for to accompany this is uh quite stunning and it's moving. really beautiful and it's actually on youtube um the title of it is long but morgan freeman reads rep john lewis's last words together you can redeem the soul of our nation
may not be here with you. I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe. In my life, I have done all I can to demonstrate that the way of peace, the way of love and nonviolence is the more excellent way. Now it is your turn to let freedom ring. When historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century, let them say that it was your generation who laid down the heavy burdens of hate at last, and that peace finally triumphed over violence, aggression, and war. So I say to you, walk with the wind, brothers and sisters, and let the spirit of peace and the power of everlasting love be your guide. And scene. The Swirl with Bree and Dave is hosted by Anchor, and you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We hope you'll subscribe, and if you want to tell us how we're doing, tactfully, leave us a rating or a review. If you'd like to follow us on social media, I'm Brianna Marie, and he's Dave Lyrics. It's good, so good, oh, since we're together. Our music is by Bo Black. Promotional consideration is by Epstein of Beverly Hills. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to having you back for the next episode. Taste the swirl, everybody! Bye!